0: You're listening to another episode of Beckett's Babies, a playwriting podcast. Every week, we discuss plays we love, interview theater artists, and share our thoughts on playwriting and theater. We are your hosts, Sarah Cho.
1: And Sam Collier. And in today's episode, we are discussing the topic of social media and our personal experiences with social media through the lens as writers. Um, So this was actually a suggestion from our guest, Terry Guest, um who we interviewed a couple weeks ago, and we thought it would be a great topic to explore in more depth. Um, We're interested in talking about when social media is helpful and when it's harmful to us as writers. So um, let's just jump in, Sarah. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's just start with like a brief overview or get a read on how you feel about social media yourself
0: so it all started in 1995 when i <laughs> uh, got my first aol account how old were you no six? actually it was actually i had yahoo first It was a an a email account um it was and my username was our email address was like snake cho 89 <laughs> at yahoo.com
1: and you were six years old in 1995 um
0: Yes, but I think – yeah, so my first – I think it was like – I think I was like six, yeah, five or six years old when I got my first Wow. Yeah, when I, I remember
1: AIM. AIM.
0: AIM, and I had AIM in middle school, like, uh-huh. or fifth grade, uh, sixth grade. Because, um, you know, it was so funny. People were like, what's your AIM? Like, what the hell is that? Well, let me – let me um, message you so we could like figure out school stuff. You know, like that's how it, you, know, you know without you yeah, using the phone so your parents could hear on you. Like mm-hmm. we need something more privately, but which <laughs> becomes all this like oh cutesy. Um, like do you do you like so and so? Here's his I am like username. <laughs> Yeah, I am. Um, and,
1: like, I guess at that time there were chat rooms. I remember chat rooms yeah. when I was in middle school. Yeah. But there was nothing. ASL? Like,
0: ASL? <laughs> like, like, age, sex, location. Like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> you ASL.
1: <laughs> it really felt like – and, I mean, of course, there was one computer, you know, in my house. It was, like, downstairs. Yeah. So it felt like – even though – you know other people would want to turn on the computer or whatever so you can be on there very long but it really felt like you were going to a place to get online and it took forever mm-hmm. and yeah. it was it did feel kind of like you never knew what you were going to find mhm yeah like and I, been- I
0: i i hogged the computer i was i was like <laughs> i hogged it from my siblings i was like they're like hey can i <laughs> nope i'm on it and I was just on it almost twenty four seven. I I wouldn't go to bed till like three a.m.
1: Just online. really, wow. I yeah. I would just stay
0: online, whether it be messaging my friends or there was like so much stuff that was happening. That was like MySpace, blogging, um, Live like, Journal, Live Journal. Yeah, <laughs> um, what's it? That there was was there some? There was one before Live Journal, or right after. That I was um and like, it was like another kind of diary. Yeah, it was another blog. Was like, yeah. Um but I was like on that and there was this and I and I kind of in same similar same way I feel today where I was posting, I was you know, sharing photos like cuz it's like I want to be noticed. I want to be seen. Mm. I don't know who, maybe it's a boy I like. I don't know, but will they notice
1: me? <laughs> um and there wasn't like this is kind of hard to remember, but there wasn't really a Google yet, right? I mean, it was no, like not there yet. were search engines, but if you wanted to go to a website, you had to know the address of the website. Exactly.
0: Um, How <laughs> so no. Yeah, I think Google, I'm trying to remember like when I feel like Google came out same time, but it didn't take prominence. Right. Well, it just it wasn't that Google account. Like right, right. Like they their own, when they started offering these services, like oh, create a G, like, and then I remember it's like always the young people were like oh, you have a G- you have Yahoo? That's lame. I have <laughs> Gmail, and then it's like oh, I gotta I gotta jump on that. I gotta join the Gmail club instead of leave Yahoo.
1: I'm pretty sure I did not have a Gmail account until college. <laughs> it was I had an AOL, so I, yeah, I guess I was like an old person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, so from those early days until now, um, how do you think social media has changed in terms of um, the way you think about it as a writer? Like, how has it changed mm-hmm. for you or how has it shaped your writing? Yeah. Um,
0: I would say initially, like, I drew, I I have the same Twitter account since when since 2009 or like wow um and I think that was I was still in college and I didn't I you know when I first joined I like I didn't know what I was doing I was just kind of like oh everyone joined this Twitter thing and so I just created the account um believe it or not all my social medias today I I was the first Sarah Cho and Idiot that I am, changed my username <laughs> and then I lost <laughs> the Sarah Cho. But believe it or not, oh. I was, but I had the first website, sarahcho.com. Like, oh, I'm That's really like, cool. So I was like, You're so ahead going. of your time.
1: <laughs> I just didn't
0: look, there's not a lot of I don't know, Asians who were like doing creative stuff or something at the time. Or not at the time, but who we're jumping on this whole social media as quickly as I was. Really? Um, but yeah, believe it or not, I was like the, all the first Sarah Cho's. But um, I joined in. You know, I was kind of doing the same thing. I was, like, tweeting my thoughts of the day <laughs> um, without any care in the world. <laughs> um, you know, I I think this is, like, even before retweeting. I don't think – I don't remember retweeting started that early. It was just, like, tweeting and liking.
1: Well, and the only people reading it probably was people you knew, right?
0: Yes. It was just friends I knew. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Just college friends. Um, And then – Flash forward, fast forward to 2021 and my Twitter account has become this place where like, I mean, like there's a lot of writers on Twitter. There's a Mm -hmm. lot of writers and comedians uh, and journalists. But like, I feel like it is very, has, I don't know what happened, became more like writer centric because people are kind of able to tweet funny things. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's definitely went from like oh my friends just for my friends too now it's like uh, where i connect with writers um mm-hmm. and writers connect with me and 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 I, I you know i even today i like it's a place where I like i want to just see how common like comic ideas will work you know like just like hear some like little jokes and like a little kind of little short sketches kind of an idea you know of and like will people respond and how will they respond and um Mm -hmm. and it's kind of functioned that way but then I find myself and I shared this last time where where I I like I watch something like oh this was really bad I don't like it I know I want to like tweet about it but I stop because I find myself I don't know who's going to read this maybe it's a person who made that thing (laughs) <laughs> right, 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 or connects with people who I don't know who's who who they follow who they know and you know writing trying to you know be a writer is a business <laughs> so like I don't want to shoot myself in the foot and like you know burn bridges unknowingly mm-hmm. so like so I find myself stopping and like oh, maybe I won't tweet that so I have just these drafts of tweets that I have but I just never posted
1: you know, as you're saying this, I'm thinking about how it it seems like, and I'm not on Twitter, but I think there are a lot of corollaries with like Facebook or Instagram. Um, but it seems like social media has really morphed from this thing that we would use to talk to our friends in college mm-hmm. to you just never know who you're talking to yeah. now. And I think a lot of people make the argument that like, if you're going to get up on your soapbox and tweet out an opinion, like you have to be ready for people to throw tomatoes at you if they don't like your opinion or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it used to be this thing where you were just talking to your friends. So I think to a lot of people it feels like, oh, well, I'm just having a conversation. I'm talking to like these two people that I'm really thinking about when I tweet this.
0: Right. You know,
1: and then from like, so the the real world – analogy would be I'm standing in the street talking to my two friends and I share my opinion about this thing I didn't like and then from 5 blocks away somebody hears me and comes over and starts throwing a tomato at me. <laughs> was like mm-hmm. and so you're kind of trying to do these two things at once where you're like speaking to a huge crowd on your soapbox but also sometimes you just want to talk to your two friends. Right. And like there's no you never know which one it's going to be. You never – and I think for a lot of people that's really exciting because they're like, oh, maybe I'll go viral if I tweet this funny thing. But there's also always that threat of like, you never know who's going to read this. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's – and there's this question of – before my – my accounts are private. Well, my, definitely my Instagram is private. Um, my Twitter is public. I, I'm i on Facebook, but, like, I go back and forth deactivating and not because sometimes my work still requires me to go on Facebook. So it's, like, I'm not on it. I don't have the app, mm-hmm. but it's, like, still there. But this question of, like, okay, I'm going to keep my account private. Like, okay, I'm going to keep my account private. But then <laughs> – there are times when um, I've been told – because, like, if I've submitted some kind of a packet or something and then, like, you can't keep your your account private because, like, you know, so-and-so is, like, going to look up – look you up and wants to know really? who you are as a person. So you can't keep it always, like, private because – they, they like check up on, they kind of, it's like, no, 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 I
1: totally disagree with that. People should not have the disagree. right to look at your whole, totally, whole social I know, media.
0: I know, I totally disagree. I mean, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. Um, but it's like the culture is like the idea is like if you're if you want to write, if you want to do this thing, like having ac- accessibility, that's why I keep my Twitter open wow. because, like, that's where I mean, because I'm a writer, so I want that's a place where I could publish my like funny thing, my funny ideas. If you want to see what I'm like, my voice, you know, mm-hmm. where Instagram is private. So I do like, that's why I keep that open for that reason. Like I'm very, that's why I'm like very picky and choosy, but yeah, it's like, there's this like, like people have missed job opportunities because wow. they were too private with their life. And because of like the showrunner or whoever or something, we're like, if they're like, if I don't like, I want to get a sense of who they are as a people, because I want to be able to work with them and like hang out with them and into work, you know, like in the writers' room. If I can't even know what that what that means or what that's like, then I'm, like they just move on. Like I, I hate that. Like that's that. so stressful. It's so stressful. And so I hear I hear stories like that, and I've and I've had people tell me that, and I'm like, okay, well, like that's why I just pick and choose. Like, well, Instagram is like literally for my friends only. Like, or like someone I, I've met or I have some acquaintance, like, um, or they're like a mutual friend, like, there's some connection, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas Twitter is literally like, like, uh, more than half of them is like complete strangers. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, the thing just, is,
1: I was just thinking yeah. about this the other day too. Like, even if your profile is private, there's nothing to stop somebody from like screenshotting whatever yep. you post and then posting that publicly. Like that yeah. that is a a thing I, you know, 5 years ago would never cross my mind, but I feel like it's very common now. Yeah. And so to some extent it seems like nothing is really private yeah. on the internet.
0: Especially cuz as writers like we have a website. We put photos up. We like have our bios. Like we we cuz we're kind of being told like we have to sort of, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like putting a resume out there, right? Mm -hmm. So here's a story, listeners. (laughs) I have a website. I have my headshot. I have my bio. um, And one day on Instagram, I get a DM from a total stranger, some college girl all the way from Massachusetts, right? Just like, hey, just want to let you know, my ex-boyfriend that I broke it up with like eight months ago created a fake account using your photo and followed me using your photo. Um so I because I like took your photo, I did like a Google reverse search and he's using a totally different name with your photo. And I'm like he's she sent me the account. I look at the account I'm, like what the F is this? Like these are my photos. Like my it, he used my uh, one of my headshots as his profile picture, you know, to follow oh, his ex. It's just oh so weird. And then I'm, like, shouting out on Instagram, like, telling my friends to report this account. Like, this is effed up. I even messaged that account, like, please don't use my photo. Like, don't effing do this, you know? Um, and yeah. so, who knows? <laughs> like... I mean, I had the luck of, like, someone actually reaching out to me to find out who I am and, like, telling me. And I also wonder
1: how she found you. Maybe she did a reverse Yeah, the Google search. Yeah, Yeah. she took the
0: the profile picture and then uploaded it on the Google search engine. And then – so it's, like, that hasn't happened to me again. But, like, that was, like, that was the first time something like that happened to me where I was, like, my – my uh, my photo
1: so disturbing was
0: used for some weird per- personal purpose of, like, stalking
1: his ex-girlfriend. Yeah, and, like, that's your face. That's your <gasps> that's image. Like, that's your property and identity. Right. So there's this, like, level of, like, right, public
0: versus private. It's, like, mm-hmm. we are putting ourselves out there for the public, um, for work, for whatever, for whatever reason, and then – you don't know um and who like the person who's gonna get into someone's hands, you know, like you just don't know.
1: And it is so you're right that I think it's so common among artists and writers that we have an online presence. And I'm always kind of bemused when I like if I Google somebody who isn't a writer or artist, just like a random person that I want to learn more about and like there's nothing about them on the internet. Mm-hmm. And I'm like does this person not have any presence online? Like, that just seems so freeing, but also kind of strange. Like, where are you? And I forget sometimes that, you know, for people who aren't writers or artists or, like, doing some kind of public-facing job like that, like, there are a lot of people that just don't really have an internet presence, mm-hmm. which seems so nice. <laughs> um. Yeah, like...
0: Believe it or not, um, Kristen Wiig, Tina Fey—they don't have social media. <laughs> not wow. social media. They say that there. But they're just like, they're just like they. I feel like they came at a point in their life where you didn't. They didn't rely on social media to to network, to put things up. You know, have a show to be noticed, and mm-hmm. then they became stars before social media started blowing up, and so like they, they had no reason to be on social media. You know, yeah. Um, Unless, yeah, so it's just like I like think about that all the time. I'm like, oh you guys are so lucky. Yeah. <laughs> Came up to the exact point where right before the social media started blowing up and like had people had to be on it. Um and so it's it it's it's a constant mental um, like debate in my mind all the time of like how much I'm gonna put out there, how much I'm not wanna putting out there, and when is it a a really effective tool and when is it just like a total um, waste of time? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, I do. I remember when I got off Facebook, I deactivated my Facebook account and talking to other writers. And so many people were like, I could never do that. I need it for my career. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, like, I didn't really know how to interpret that. I think it is true people get opportunities because they have that Facebook presence, but I also think it's true that, like, to a large extent, we delude ourselves into thinking we need yeah. something because it's addictive. And yeah. um, and and I also find it very disturbing that this company has made us believe in such a short amount of time that we need it in our lives, that like we can't have a career or a social life without it, it that's too much power to give to a company, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so, but I'm sitting here thinking like, well, I'm still on Instagram and like spend way too much time just scrolling <laughs> mindlessly <laughs> through Instagram.
0: Nick always has this theory, like he left, he, he, he left Facebook even, like, before – just, like, way before, like, anyone else, I feel like. But he, like, left because he, he – right when he started noticing people started using Facebook as a soapbox, like, kind of a place to, like, mm-hmm. have his opinions and all like. But – and maybe it was, like, back in – maybe it was, like, during 2012 or 13 election or something. But, like, he left and then – no, way. I'm mixing up time, but regardless, he, well, as soon as he started noticing as being a very soapboxy, he mm-hmm. left. But and he always complains like, and I've noticed, and I sometimes complain about this too. Where it's like it's like those same people then moved over to Instagram.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I know. Because Instagram, Instagram used to just be images; it was so quiet. Now it's like so many opinions. Yeah, moved over. It's like, like all images have been replaced by big essays yeah which I mean I have also mixed feelings about that sometimes I'm like I find it very helpful for finding out about new ideas or Mm -hmm. but I don't know I just I feel like I'm going to get off this recording and just like delete my Instagram (laughs) (laughs) oh man Um, I just feel like there's so much noise in my mind all the time from social media yeah right um, well, let's talk about what are what are some of the good things about social media for writers to help you what stay is it on. Helpful for <laughs> <It's gonna laughs> well, not on. me, but maybe some of our listeners want to feel better about their addictions. So we'll do it for them. <laughs> <laughs> um.
0: Yeah, I mean, okay, so like I mentioned, um, I I do love Twitter in that if I'm purposely wanting to post some like an idea, a joke and see how this responds. Like, so I, I tweeted out like two things yesterday and like one tweet got like 60 likes and like three retweets. Wow. And like, oh. and the other one was like only three likes and I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're. You, I mean, I'm not saying it's, treat it don't treat it as like validation thing treat it like as a tool of like why did that work and why did that that didn't work like mm. being like strategic about like okay that joke kind of worked because it was obviously um people understood like maybe this was a of a wider broader joke where people kind of understood what this where I was coming from um I was like okay I, I tweeted this like photo it's like you know th- there's like a joke that's going around like uh, white boy summer mm-hmm. um and I, I posted a soup I make called and I called this like Asian hot soup summer and <laughs> one person liked it and just one Asian guy liked it. <laughs> so
1: and I was like all right I know my I know who the audience for that one was was this who got the joke. Do you ever wonder like there are so many factors outside your control like the algorithm that shows your joke to more people could be skewed Mm -hmm. by the popularity of the first person to like it or who just happens to be scrolling at that time of day. And there's so many random factors that are outside your control.
0: Outside of control. Yeah. I mean, here, the thing about these algorithms I feel like is it's like, yeah, if you, it sucks that, Cause the idea is that they want you to stay on, right? Mm-hmm. So every time you leave, you're like, you know what, I'm not gonna post anything for today or tomorrow or whatever. Then I'm like, then you lose that algorithm or whatever that 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 was drawing attention to your account, or you sort of lose the momentum it was building or whatever, which right. is annoying. Um, which again, the whole purpose of social media is that they want you to stay on. They want to keep viewing things.
1: But isn't it also true that in order to, you know, so they're they're basically controlling the dopamine bursts in your brain. And so in Mm -hmm. order to keep you on, they have to provide this variable reward. So don't you think they intentionally drive up likes for one post and then intentionally drive down likes for your next post so that it's unpredictable and that compels you to post more frequently? I guess. I mean, And yes. then you're sitting there thinking, why is my second joke not as funny? When in reality, like you actually are not receiving objective data because they might've just showed that tweet to fewer people.
0: I don't know if it's that. I think it's because when people like it or share it or retweet it, you know, that that amps up the algorithm.
1: Yes, but also, I think they are constantly playing with the gears and deciding how much they want to show each tweet to people. You really think so? Yes. Because it's
0: not just like, but I've had posts in a day, like multiple posts get a lot of seen because of my first post, like whatever my first post a day, if it was seen a lot.
1: Yeah. So I think there are multiple factors at play. But I do think one of the factors is just like the slot machine, where it's like, unpredictable reward. And in order to make that unpredictable, they cannot make every one of your posts, like seen seen by the same number of people.
0: Yeah, yeah. I know. And another factor, though, into that is, like, time of day. That I don't know why, yeah, but like, time sure. of day also plays into that. Like, so, yeah, so there's all this, like, game that the algorithm and then the the social media is playing. But I still, like, use it because even if, like, yeah, three likes or whatever, like, who liked it? It was all women liked it. You know, it, it was, like, it still gives me a sense of, like, that way mm-hmm. of like okay mm-hmm. so that kind of this is this is how this joke is going to play or this idea is going to play this way mm-hmm. which like i i'm not looking for number of likes i'm looking for whatever reaction like whatever that means mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. so it's like so that's kind of like if you're not if if you're not looking for as a numbers game or you're not looking at it that way you're just using it as for your just your own experiment your own, like, um, like gathering information about how, yeah. yeah, kind of like just kind of seeing and, and then like, cause I have a tweeted something and it got an interesting reaction, then it became, I used that for a storytelling show. Like I went and wrote a whole thing about it, Oh, you that's know? so cool. So that's yeah. kind of like, it, it, that's how I kind of use it. It's like, what, what was the story? Oh, it was just about... <laughs> Fun and we like it's all about social media on this topic, but <laughs> it wasn't like my dad finding me on LinkedIn and trying oh, to, yeah, add me. yeah, yeah. It was like that, that has become like the story I off have often tell at open mics and um storytelling shows. And it it always gets like such a funny, interesting reaction from people, they're like shocked by it. <laughs> there's always there's an like, element of shocker, but that, but it was like a tweet that I t- tweeted out like two years ago that I, that. I didn't think it was a um at the time when I tweeted it was just like out of emotional like i I'm so annoyed by this mm-hmm. that it, um but it had an int- it was my my first tweet that I was like people were like liking or like responded to positively in a way that was like, Oh, there's something here that I could mine and work towards an act for an mm-hmm, act or something mm-hmm. um but and yeah that, like, that is yeah. one of
1: the benefits I think that like you there's this opportunity to share your thought with people you don't know and mm-hmm. and get feedback on this idea that you wouldn't be able to get nearly as easily or immediately yeah. in the real world.
0: Yeah, like when you write a play and then you're like, okay, now I have to get the, the actors, the directors and all this stuff and then like mm-hmm. seeing how this all – how will they respond and what's their comments like and stuff like that. And sometimes like I – before I go there, like – do just any of these kernel of ideas just kind of like, is there anything here that might people react to or like might like and that I could keep exploring? you know?
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: in that sounds like that's what I like about Twitter um, as a writer um, mm-hmm. and and I do follow other writers. and so it's like it's it's like an interesting place for writers. but yeah, and Instagram, it's like literally just personal like photos, me, sometimes photos like cool things that happen. Um, food, food you're
1: eating, food
0: you're eating. <laughs> yeah, a, I have a whole food I, it's so funny like I, so I have another account for my food um, because I just wanted a place where it was like uninterrupted images <laughs> like, <laughs> I didn't want like I have like a photo of my cat disrupting all my food you know what I mean <laughs> so I was just like I just want a place where all my food and so I just created that place um, and so yeah and it's like I only follow my friends on oh I or only my friends follow me on that. But,
1: mm-hmm.
0: And and all the food places and the food things I want to eat, I follow. <laughs> but uh, is that one
1: private too or is it public?
0: I think that one is. It was private for a long time, and then I just made it public because then um, I wanted, like other foodies like i like seeing what other foodies who who they are <laughs> they follow
1: yeah because if you tag something on a public account then other people could follow could find you with that tag yeah
0: like i found really good like fried chicken places because <laughs> they're like because it was public and then mm-hmm. they like tagged me and then i'm like oh i gotta try this really fr- good fried chicken place
1: <laughs> yeah that's cool
0: it, I, as a kind of yeah so it's public to get recommendations if that makes sense. Like. And then the and the way I feel like that algorithm works there is like they obviously recommend me places <laughs> and then I went like, oh like a new place opened up down the street where I live like, um, so, um, so that's for that purpose. But yeah, my own Instagram personally is like just for friends or
1: mm-hmm. within
0: my own network of friends and acquaintances, um, if I know them,
1: which platform do you think you spend the most time on like just scrolling through um
0: so here's the funny thing i feel like most recently i, I downloaded this game on my app it's like room decorating app because <laughs> <laughs> i've been watching so much HGTV, that has been on uh, so i've just been playing this um that sounds fun room decor game um so that's when i so I feel like I haven't been scrolling on Instagram as much because this <laughs> game has taken my place. Um, and Twitter, I only tweet um, right before I go to bed. Like mm. I feel like, I don't know, I just have like ideas right before I go to bed. Like I just have these ideas and I I just and I see what's like because people are like up late, you know, and so yeah. I just tweet it, and I just kind of turn it off and go to bed, and I, or sometimes I tweet early in the morning, but I feel like because that's kind of like my weird creative times, is like night and, late and night and early morning mm-hmm. that's the only time I'll like tweet um, and so, and during the day I just don't think about it as much, so I'm not scrolling on Twitter, unless I find um, something is happening in the news where I'm like, oh, oh right And then it's like fast information. I'm like, oh, what is happening during this time? That is a
1: real advantage. I mean, I don't have a Twitter account, but when there's something happening in the news, like when Trump was in the hospital, I started like I would just go to different journalists' Mm -hmm. Twitter pages and see the updates in real time because I wanted to right away. Exactly.
0: And that's so. That's only so. I guess those are three ways. Yeah. Early morning, late at night. And then some big major news event is happening for crazy reason. Like, yeah, Trump getting COVID. Um, then, then I go to Twitter. It's, like, the first place I go because I also follow a bunch of journalists. Um, and then, yeah, Instagram is kind of, like, sporadic throughout the day. I know we, like, DM each other on Instagram because we, like, find yeah. things that are funny. So like, baby goats. And, <laughs> um, and I feel like I'm on Instagram when, like, I'm not, like, I'm on between – tasks at work and I'm like oh Mm -hmm. I need work right now and I want a break. Take a break. Yeah. Take a break. That's when I look at Instagram. But it's not like Yeah so cumulatively I I feel like I spend maybe average like it's still a lot but I feel like it's like three to four hours Mm -hmm. in a day of total of social media which is a huge improvement when I was first dating Nick and he looked at my phone like you spent 12 hours on <laughs> social media like you yeah, know like you <laughs> yeah. like, just like noticed like the alert and then yeah. like I was like you have a real problem Sarah like you have a real problem an addiction and then I was like um and it was true <laughs> I think a, I, it, here's the thing my level of addiction happens you'll notice it's like how employed I am, <laughs> you know what mm, I mean, like, yeah. the more employed I am, the more busy I am, and I'm, like, I'm hardly on it, but if I have so much time in my hand, then, yeah, I'm gonna be on social media.
1: Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, the times in my life when I spent a huge amount of time on Facebook were when I, like, didn't have enough to do, but then yeah. I remember thinking, like, whatever void this platform is filling in my life I could be doing so many other things with that mm-hmm. to fill that void um, yeah yeah I just I find myself scrolling through Instagram stories and like reading posts and then I'm like learning about something and then I want to know more about it and I you know you I mean, this story is so familiar to everybody, but I'll get on to check something, check Instagram for two minutes for a break. And then like an hour later, I'm watching some story like, from some account that I've never heard of before because I want to learn more about something obscure. Mm-hmm. And it's but, terrible. It's terrible.
0: Yeah, I feel like, yeah, because if you're a very curious person,
1: mm-hmm. it could be
0: a very crazy place to be too curious. At, this, at the same time, like, I feel like so many well, okay, well, maybe this is bad or good. I don't know. But <laughs> I do feel like I've I get inspired and I'm like, oh, this could be a funny story for something. Like yeah, oh, this could be you know, you get inspired, but at the same time, do you think that because we're all on it, we're all like have this hive mind of these ideas, mm. and then you start noticing about
1: everybody is writing this. Okay, this know? is so interesting because I'm really glad you brought this up because I've noticed that like when I step away from social media for a period of time, or if I'm talking to somebody who's not on social media, there are there's like a common language or a common awareness of what's happening in the like in the discourse, right the mm-hmm. twitter discourse Instagram t- discourse that like I'm not aware of. Or the other person who's not on social media is not aware of where a a phrase can like, if it's divorced from the context, it's social media context, like the person might have no idea why that's such a loaded phrase.
0: Hmm.
1: So like, I'm going to give like a really, um, uh, I don't know, I'm just going to give an example that feels very fraught. But like I remember talking to somebody a couple of years ago who was not on social media and used the phrase like not all men are dot 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 dot, dot. and she like did not realize that 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 like not all men was a thing <laughs> that people mm-hmm. said to like make fun of or critique of you. Um, within the Me Too movement, right? Or about the Me Too movement. Like she, and, and I just remember thinking, like if you're not on social media or you're not checking social media occasionally, you can yeah. miss out on these conversations and then you can really say something offensive and not realize why it's offensive. Yeah. And, and I it was like, oh my gosh, what do you mm. do about that?
0: Ah. <sighs> Yeah. I mean, that's how I feel, like, um, what TikTok is doing. Like, <laughs> yeah. I t- that's one. I was like, you know what? I, no matter what people say, I'm not going to go on TikTok. Mainly because of just, like, um, my theory is about, like, it's, it's a Chinese company. And, like, or it was owned by China. Chinese company, tech company. And they're, like,
1: I just feel like I'm too old for it.
0: But also, the, but then TikTok has been influencing so much what you see on Instagram now. Yeah. Like dances and speech, like weird things. Like Like people who upload on TikTok obviously are re-uploading re-uplo- it on Instagram. So you're like finding all these TikTok videos um, and what's trending in TikTok. And then, so I'm like, now I feel like, I'm like, wow, now I feel so old. Like, yeah. like I have no idea what this is like couples
1: dancing together in unison or <laughs> like. Um, and we and it would take so long to get caught up to speed on the yeah. context for all of that. Right. Right.
0: And then, I, and so I always go back and forth, like, should I just give in and join TikTok? <laughs> should I just do it? Should I just, because I hate feeling, no, left don't out do it. feeling, like, ugh.
1: It's fine. Let the younger generation have TikTok.
0: I'm still young. <laughs> I said younger. Let me be that. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, if I'm not wearing big giant white Adidas shoes and like
1: <laughs> <laughs> with like, and like uh, those days are around. coming, Sarah. It's coming for you. Oh my
0: God. It's so funny. It's so funny. Um Okay. So I don't, I honestly don't know if we answered the question, like what are the benefits to social media, because we're constantly wrapped right around what's yeah, right, about it. Right, I mean, I'm trying, they like what I hear success stories of people do finding, um, like I have been reached out to, um, um, which never went anywhere, but like lit managers and stuff, you know, but like it mm-hmm. never went anywhere. Mm-hmm. But it, it's such a interesting place when that happens. And like, you have to understand, like today versus um, writers trying to come up in the '90s or like early aughts. Like the game has changed. Like yeah. before, you're thinking like, oh, okay, to be a, a, a writer, screenwriter in in LA, I need to like go to the bars and smooth with people and try to get into those parties and like you know, like like now it's literally nobody does that or like maybe they just sit
1: people. at home on their couch and like, <laughs> so like <laughs> yeah. and like
0: bloggers becoming tv writers and getting book yeah. deals and like you it's just like it's insane that the bridge of like trying to make stuff and for the public is like closed off like getting closed um it's like shorter and like it's and it's kind of cool and crazy to see but at the same time it's like it's Everyone is also doing it. It's like too accessible. everyone like it's like now I feel like it's that noise is like hundreds of thousands of people of yeah doing do the same thing that I want to do, and and I get lost in that all that all those different voices
1: well, and I'm gonna say something that feels very strange to me because I'm such an introvert, but i and it you know the Twitter approach is so much more introvert friendly than the crowded bar approach but there's something about like being in a room full of other people in person where like you actually get to know who the other person is and you just yeah I mean the argument that you can't know who somebody is or get to know their style if you don't have access to their social media Mm -hmm. page is so scary to me because you're actually not getting to know somebody by reading their social media page you might yeah. think you are but yeah true uh but i'll also say that yeah it's that first
0: like encounter when they find your page and they're mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. and they'll dm you and be like hey do you want to grab coffee or like do you i like i read this play of yours and i'm really kind of like
1: yeah, uh, i'm also a
0: playwright myself and like or like i or i'm a director of this theater like we're I would love to connect with you somehow, you know, like. Yeah, so it's
1: really people, good, I think, for finding people and connecting with them.
0: Yeah, because it it's like that approach versus, yeah, you go to the bars, you're like trying to meet and talk to people and you're like, who's who? And you're like, mm-hmm. uh, so much like dating. Yeah, I mean, like it's true. I also like, hate that.
1: So, um, And I mean, I will say like there are ideas I've learned about, there are books I've learned, you know, I've gone out and like bought books and poetry because I've read Mm -hmm. somebody's poem on Instagram. And, um, so, and I, I just feel like I have to specify that I'm not talking about like the Instagram poet. What's her name? Rupi Carr. That's not who I mean. (laughs) Um, but uh, like, yeah. You know, like, I just think there are things I've learned about, through social media and there's people i've connected with that like i wouldn't in a million years have connected Mm -hmm. with um if not for social media so i do think it is good for that Mm -hmm. i wonder
0: if it's like is it bad to have like a specific like scheduling time like okay like, you know how I always said, like, late nights is usually my Twitter time and then early morning. Sarah, when
1: I first met you, you told yeah. me you, you put a big piece of paper above your desk and you were like, <laughs> Facebook from this time to this time. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a new idea. It's you hard. like it's scheduled. Work,
0: obviously. <laughs> but
1: you know what? I, I feel like,
0: okay. Yeah. F- trying to do that, restrict yourself like that, I. It didn't. Obviously didn't work for me. Um
1: But I do but think it's a good idea. It's just really hard. I think it's I mean
0: it it's weirdly like the Twitter thing, it's not something I like tell myself to do. It's just like instinctively like, oh, late night, right before bed. Yeah. Ten minutes or like not even right before to my bed like right before I go to bed, but it's like I'm like kind of like brushing my teeth, walking around, I'm like I have to start thinking about ideas. I'm like And I tweet it, you know, and I go to bed. Um, And I feel like it just became a habit of that
1: Mm
0: -hmm. over time. Like, it's not – like, I force myself. Like, every night before I go to bed, I'm going to tweet something. Mm -hmm. It's just something that naturally happened organically. Um, So I'm kind of like, is there a way to organically
1: program yourself? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, I just remember feeling like – In grad school, I was really feeling this. Like I would have a funny idea Mm. or I would observe something, observe a conversation, and I would take that idea to Facebook. Like that was the place – kind of like what you're talking about with Twitter. Like you try out a joke on Twitter. I would like try out a story idea or a mini scene on Facebook. And then I remember thinking like what if all this writing energy that I'm putting into Facebook I instead just – put into Mm. my notebook you know or Mm -hmm. like turned it into my next play and I it's delayed gratification so it feels a little like I would get impatient and just want that immediate reaction from social media but if I could make myself direct that energy into the play then ultimately the feedback would be more satisfying because it would be you know, more of a thing that I was putting out into the world, and so mm. I started to feel like Facebook, like Facebook, like Facebook was bleeding me dry of my creative energy. Yeah. yeah. Um. And that yeah. I wanted to save it. I wanted to save that creative energy for something bigger that was like actually mine and not a bit of data for mm-hmm. an evil corporation. Hmm. Are we still Are we yeah. I think I've moved on to problems. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's, it's a,
0: we've been going back and forth. It's like salute like what we love about it, and immediately back to problems. Yeah. I I mean, oh my god, we get it. We like social media is bad. We know. Oh <laughs> Wasn't there um, uh, Facebook recently having this announcement that they want to create a, an Instagram for kids? And immediately – Yes. All the, like, general attorneys are like, no effing way. <laughs> like, 34 – I don't know how many. And
1: people. these are people – I mean, the people who run these networks and make these platforms and design yeah. them, they do not let their own children use them. Yeah. And they're just trying to, like, that. damage everybody else's kids. Yeah. Yeah. To make money.
0: <sighs> yeah. Um so when I read that the when I read that article, I was like, oh, okay. Like as society, we know, we know social media overall is pretty unhealthy place. Like <laughs> the fact that just a reaction of like mm-hmm. our our um like government level or something, like they react immediately to that, but like hell to the no. Um <laughs> So we know it. We know that. And yet, it's still like a fabric of
1: society. (laughs) Do you think that like in 20 years, people are no longer going to be having this conversation because it's just going to be so – Integrated into our lives like I mean I, I do think you know in the 20th century there were all these debates about like is TV terrible for you and like nobody really talks about that anymore because for better or for worse we moved on from that conversation
0: mm.
1: like yeah. Americans watch many many hours of TV every day but we don't mm. really talk about like is TV bad for kids because now <laughs> something so much worse you know or something yeah. like i i just so the- feel like all these kids are growing up with social media and mm-hmm. in 20 years it, like we're just gonna have accepted it i i
0: i always feel like there's gonna be a, a reaction like the next generation like my um like my cousin like my cousins don't post like if they do post it's like they delete it because they see the generation mm. before them being like they post a lot, their food all the time. <laughs> I do the opposite of what older people are doing. Yeah, so they are hardly on. So I, I, I kind of I, I am curious of like the Gen Z or maybe even the one after Gen Z. Yeah, is like what their reaction to like seeing like. Wow, my millennial parents are like, <laughs> Eddie, what the right? F- right. You know what I mean? And so I always think that I, I honestly, yeah, in twenty years, I don't. If there's going to be something worse than like social media, probably, or, it's probably
1: virtual reality,
0: virtual reality,
1: uh, or
0: like does it? Comp- I don't think it'll completely disappear, but like, what is this? Or will like social media be in a way that's um changed in a different way but you know i predict this facebook is like
1: on its way out it's a beginning i feel like it yeah. is a beginning
0: of like going but on the
1: company out. i think the platform facebook is on its way out but the company i mean they are yeah. buying everything else and so yeah they're still going to be the evil man behind the curtain, mm-hmm. probably
0: yeah. Unless somebody creates something else, like, reacting. I remember Ello?
1: Were you over I, on Ello? Okay. I saw you
0: write that. I'm like, I vaguely remember, but I have no idea what Ello is. Like,
1: <laughs> it was like, it existed for maybe six months. I mean, it still exists. I have an account, but, I, I mean, I don't know if anybody uses it. But it was, yeah. like, there was some, it was after some backlash against Facebook, maybe, or Instagram. Hmm. And everybody was like, oh, I'm moving over to Ello. Yeah.
0: Oh, I vaguely remember this. There's so many social media that came out. Like I'm moving away from Facebook to do this, <laughs> <laughs> and then joining another, another social media. Um, this is also reminded me of this, and I've been saying this all the time. But like I hate, like as society, we are also in our own little bubble. Yeah. Right? Like we're creating our own little safety bubbles um, w- with like minded people. Yeah. And there's, no, I feel like there is no sense of communication with people. No, there's nothing on the same page. We're all in our own little realities. And same way with like, I I, I honestly think about entertainment this way a lot where people who watch Netflix, people who watch versus people who watch HBO versus people who watch Hulu are all probably gonna be different people like all oh, different that's people that's interesting like like you know print, like apple don't watch any of them and the, but then it's like <laughs> there's like no sense of like a uh, a a common understanding of what's good i don't know if that makes sense mm. like we're all because we are all being in our own little bubble of our own interests with like-minded people that I feel like in that we're we're separating ourselves, like, from understanding, like, like, I mean, I do this, I find myself doing this a lot. Like, I'm a HBO girl, and I poo-poo Netflix. <laughs> like, I go, <laughs> you Netflix people are trash. Like, you know, I find myself doing that. Like, this is not, that's not premium the way HBO is. Like, you know, like, there's, you see what I'm talking about? There's like- Yeah, movies. I do. And I'm
1: getting this, like, dystopian vision of, hundreds of years in the future when there will no longer be nation states, but there will just be like political entities controlled by corporations. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> <I wish that laughs> like, what in that no, but you told me to watch that. Oh my God. It I mean, it's really, scary. it's like a
0: bad comedy. It's very satirical. Um, It's Mike judge. Um, Like it was, it was made in like 2000 but he was like predicting the future, which is like <laughs> happening right now. What's what he predicted? It's like, it's insane. Um, but yeah, I just like, I think about this constantly <laughs> to a point yeah. that maybe it's unhealthy, but I do think about as a writer, as an artist, like, you know, am I? it's, you, you wanna people say writing specific and and it's a universal, but what's universal for a group of people will not be universal for everybody. I want to see
1: you write a play that has three parts and it's the same (laughs) story, but the first one is like HBO style. And the second one is a Netflix style. And the third one is like Hulu style.
0: (laughs) I'm so curious
1: about what that would look like. That's so funny.
0: Um, That's that'd be
1: fun experiment for sure. Um, Okay, well, I do want to say, like, one more thing I think that is helpful about social media is it can be great for crowdsourcing ideas or syllabus reading lists. Um, Like, Mm. one thing I miss about Facebook is being able to just put out a question and Mm -hmm. having so many people from different chapters of my life answer that question. Um, you because I would get a really good because I've lived in so many places and you know been part of so many different institutions. It w- it would be really a good way to get a, kind of a cross section of what people thought about something, and and that was really fun. And you can't really yeah. do that with Instagram, yeah. Um, or you know when I'm writing a syllabus and say like, what are your favorite plays about ghosts, and just get yeah. lots of different answers from different people. Yeah,
0: well, is it because you feel like the same people? on Facebook or not really on Instagram?
1: Well, Instagram through. is just not really set up to do that. I mean, I, mm. I, you just, I, I think I don't like, I, it's, it's not the same kind of engagement. Yeah. The algorithm works differently. The comments yeah. are, you know, like in Facebook, when you would do a post, all the comments would be much more easier to read through and oh, like yeah. people could talk to each other. Yeah. Whereas Instagram, it just works differently. hmm
0: Yeah. Crowdsourcing is actually a really cool thing about social media. Like we do that on our show on Pegasus Yeah. Where we're like, well, yeah. I post a question and then we love like the the comments and the answers we get from the questions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, it, <laughs> can you imagine? I don't know, like, um, I just remember a time when we we're all using those encyclopedia books. <laughs> and, and there was like always a new edition, like after every mm-hmm. what, two, three years or something, and you're like, I have to read this all over again. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, but, um, but just information sharing and
1: mm-hmm. gathering
0: information has become way, like way easier, or, um, than yeah borrowing going to your li- library and getting encyclopedia books and
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> finding information that way. But um yeah, I think I think that's the thing about the internet, social media, the accessibility. Like if you can not get your hands on internet then it's like everyone everyone is on it like an equal footing. Like everyone has access to this. Right. And that's cool.
1: Oh yeah. All right. Well, well
0: Oh, an hour of this. We solved Sorry. it, you
1: guys. <laughs> this is our answer about social media and writers.
0: Yeah.
1: We want to know are, what you think.
0: Our vents. Our for like an hour.
1: I don't um, know if we really addressed the question Terry asked us, but. Um, I feel like we circled so around today. it. Like we, we circled, circled around it.
0: Little, yeah. Yeah. And this is ongoing. We'll like, obviously, who knows, right? In five years, maybe even a year. Social media have changed and mm-hmm. we'll revisit mm-hmm. this topic.
1: Watch, I'm gonna be on all the platforms. I'll be a whole new person.
0: <laughs> I think being on just one or two is fine. One is fine.
1: All right. LinkedIn. <laughs> LinkedIn. <laughs>
0: don't don't let my dad find you.
1: I had no idea that like LinkedIn is so there are people who are really active on LinkedIn. LinkedIn constantly so posting about their Their career successes. LinkedIn is hilarious to me. It's the one place where I literally
0: laugh my head off in the (laughs) biggest way. I go on there and I honestly go to my feed just to laugh at like like HR people. Yeah. (laughs) Complaining.
1: Or just I'm like, I'm like, wow! It's just a whole different universe that I wasn't even aware of. It's like entrepreneurs,
0: and it's like business people, and I and it's think it's pieces, like,
1: yeah, think the, pieces, the workplace,
0: yeah, and yeah, and I, I mean, they're, they're so like earnest.
1: <laughs> <laughs> LinkedIn is so earnest,
0: and I just like, I, I don't know. I'm sorry, but I laugh because it's, I um. I know people are, like, trying to be inspiring, but, like, I'm not inspired by this because, sorry, um, uh, we have bigger problems because, <laughs> like, these tech companies are ruining us. But, um, but yeah, it's a funny place. If you, if you go – I'm sorry for people who really love LinkedIn and, like, go there with earnesty.
1: Well, people are on their best behaviors there because it's – but, you know, they're all trying to get a job. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. And then they go on Twitter and they're like <laughs> shipping on their toilets and <laughs> okay. Alrighty.
1: Alrighty. Let's move on to Glissons. Um, I'm gonna let you go second because you have a big lesson. Yeah. So just to close out the show. So my lesson is um I watched Wolf Walkers, which is um a movie from this um, animation studio that I really like called, I think it's called Cartoon Saloon or mm. Saloon, cartoon um, out of Ireland. And this is about um like, I don't know, like maybe 16th century Ireland, this town at the edge of the woods and the wolves occasionally come in, eat a sheep or two. And um, there are these creatures that can change from person to wolf. Anyway, it's like everything I love mm-hmm. in a story. But the best thing about the movie is the animation is so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. This company also, um, or studio also made the film, The Secret of Kells, which I also love. And their, their style is just so different from... Um the animation yeah. I'm used to seeing it's like really lush and unpredictable and lots of kind of spirals and transformations and um I yeah it's just gorgeous. Um that movie
0: Screams Sam Collier like I know I, I watched kidding. the movie and I was like Whoa. Sam like this is <laughs> Sam Collier movie like it just yeah. screamed me. Also that movie the soundtrack is so fun like yeah. go, I'm
1: running with the wolves
0: tonight <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I was playing that song on repeat so for days to a point where Nick was like please shut up shut up <laughs> <You> know,
1: <laughs> stop it <laughs> okay well just because he can't appreciate like the magical transformation of a person yeah. to a wolf he fell mean- asleep during that movie <gasps> what he fell asleep can you believe okay, that well I guess he's not the target audience <laughs>
0: I freaking, yeah, that movie, Wolfwalkers, is so fun. And the art direction is beautiful. And yeah. Love it.
1: And there's just something really satisfying about hand-drawn animation that's mm-hmm. not, like, all digital.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when P- Pixar was cool, and then Disney bought Pixar, like, took over, and then now and every mainstream animation is like this, pixar digital type artwork which is fine like stories is great but like man i got a whole other level of, like eye stimulation when i watched yeah World, World exactly Fokers. and I you was forget like,
1: that there are other possibilities when you only ever see one thing
0: yeah yeah and it, it was it did take a moment to like adjust my eyes were like wow there's so much color and artistry like and my eyes were just trying to adjust the like mm-hmm. the pace, like the speed too. Like because I think um hand drawn or like animation is get is re- uh filmed at like a different speed. It's a little slower mm. versus like computer digitized. So I found myself my eyes were like, whoa, okay. It's like slow down. Slow down.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's that's true. It's not as smooth and polished. It's like kind of rough around the edges and um mm-hmm. I mean, jumpy is not the right word because it's not the least bit jumpy, but it's like it just feels a little more jagged somehow.
0: Yeah. I think the frame is just one frame slower than Mm -hmm. the speed, um, the frame rate. Um, But yeah, it feels
1: so much more expressive because Mm of
0: that. Yeah. All right. I hope they're listening to the show and like hire you, Sam, and bring you to (laughs) the (laughs) Ireland. They need you.
1: I'm gonna learn how to draw. Then I'm gonna go be an Irish animator. Uh, Sam Collier, do you mind
0: writing the best pieces out there for us? I don't
1: (laughs) know. Amazing.
0: I'm I'm trying. I'm trying. Okay. Um, all right, my glisten.
1: What's your glisten, Sarah? Uh I'm
0: getting married. What? Yes. I know the listeners have been saying about this. I've, It feels like at this point, like, I've, I've been making it all up that I've been engaged and, like, Nick is not a real person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting married. Finally. Uh, knock on wood that there's nothing bad happens. But, um, yep. Set to happen end of June and I'm thinking about it. I'm excited. I get to see friends, family. Um, after crazy... I've been engaged in planning this wedding since november 2018 that's amazing sarah that's so long The f like what the f like i i was like all for long engagement but not this long (laughs) (laughs) pandemic um so yeah it's like (laughs) it's it was it's been like two what two and a half years almost three years of this perpetual hell of wedding planning <laughs> like it's like like oh. um and constantly changing plans but i'm excited um this going to happen looking forward to it sam is officiating <laughs> that's right she's officiating so um I know. it's going to be awesome so this leads us to an announcement uh we are taking a short break a little mid-season break um, so I'm not a Brightzilla. I'm not, I'm not like <laughs> <laughs> all the attention. And, um, it's but okay, just, like,
1: people uh, understand
0: <laughs> we're just taking a little mid season break. We've never done this, but we're just taking a little mid season break to, um, uh, focus on, give us some time to refocus and, uh, and come back with fresh energy, I guess. And so, uh, the, the end of, um, for the month of June, we'll be doing some playback op- episodes of some of our favorite interviews we've done in the past. Um, so if you're like brand new and you never were able to uh, go back and listen to all our episodes in the beginning, uh, we're going to like highlight some of those.
1: Yeah. Uh, and we think you'll really like these. We picked a couple that um, are some of our favorites.
0: Yeah. From like even our, from our first season. Mm-hmm. So, um, So yeah, that's it. That's our little announcement. That's our glistens. That's our show. We'll see you. Or, I don't know. We'll not see you. We're not seeing each other. Talk Um, to you. Talk to you back uh, in July. All right? All right. Take care, everybody. Take mini breaks from social media. (laughs)
1: Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Beckett's Babies. If you enjoyed what you heard or learned a thing or two about playwriting, be sure to like, subscribe, and share the podcast with your friends.
0: And if you'd like to reach out and share with us your thoughts on playwriting and theater, or maybe be a guest on the show, uh, be sure to visit our website at www.beckettsbabies.com. That's www.beckettsbabies.com. And you can contact us there. Thanks for listening.